welcome to Morning Synth on FM 97.7, 522, 2020. MOS Our noses are currently being bombarded amazing smells. We can't escape it. And you can't smell it. So let's move on. The Little Salamander by Walter Delamare to Margot When I go free, I think twill be a night of stars and snow, and the wildfires of frost shall light my footsteps as I go. Nobody, nobody will be there with groping touch or sight to see me in my bush of hair dance burning through the night voices. Who is it calling by the darkened river where the moss lies smooth and deep and the dark trees lean unmoving arms, silent and vague in sleep, and the bright-heeled constellations pass in splendor through the gloom? Who is it calling over the darkened river in music come? Who is it wandering in the summer meadows where the children stoop and play, in the green, faint-scented flowers spinning the guileless hours away? Who touches their bright hair, who puts a windshell to each cheek, whispering betwixt its breathing silences, seek, seek? Who is it watching in the gathering twilight? When the curfew bird hath flown On eager wings from song to silence To its darkened nest alone Who takes for brightening eyes the stars For locks the still moonbeam Sighs through the dews of evening peacefully falling Dream Sorcery What voice is that I hear? crying across the pool? Is it the voice of Pan you hear, crying his sorcery shrill and clear in the twilight dim and cool? What song is it he sings, echoing from far, while the sweet swallow bends her wings, filling the air with twitterings beneath the brightening star? The woodman answered me, his faggot on its back, 
See not the face of Panda's sea. Flee from his clear note summoning thee to darkness deep and black. He dwells in thickest shade, piping his notes forlorn, of sorrow never to be allayed. Turn from his coverts sad, of twilight unto morn. The woodman passed away along the forest path. His axe shone keen and gray in the last beams of day, and all was still as death. Only Pan singing sweet out of earth's fragrant shade, I dreamed his eyes to meet and found what shadow laid before my tired feet. Comes no more dawn to me, nor bird of open skies. Only his woods deep gloom I see, till at the end of all shall rise. Afar and tranquilly, death's stretching sea. We're starting to finally feel the effects of deciding not to buy as much coffee as we typically do. I sorted through my cupboard and wares to pull out a nice cup of nice bag of whole bean coffee that had been stashed away long ago and in a mere two days that bag of coffee is gone but luckily One of our roommates came home yesterday with a bag, a big bag of whole bean coffee to share with the house. Thanks, Josh.
phone call and having a conversation with a cool dude. Foss. Hi, Julian. How's it going? This is Morning Synth. Oh. Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> Eric Foss. <laughs> so, yep, you're that's here. Me. Yeah, we got two Eric's in the house now. You got Eric Foss and Eric Santos. When you, when you, uh, I'm not sure who, uh, sends the messages on the morning Instagram, but um, when you said that I wouldn't be able to hear the synth while we were doing the interview, I was hoping that I could still hear like the clacks of the keyboard. Uh, like not the synth noise like that synths make, but like just the, the plastic or the whatever, you know, like the, the clacks of the keys going down on the... But I can't, so... If you listen you know saying, really right? closely, you might be able to hear it, but I'm not yeah. sure how well it goes through the phone call. Well, maybe next time. <laughs> if you guys can make that happen next time, yeah, uh, then uh, that'd be super appreciated. We'll get a we'll get a microphone on the clacker. Sweet. <laughs> so, uh, from my understanding, you are not a serious human. But we recently. I am not a serious human. Yeah, oh, you're right. right. Yeah. Um, so we've got some questions for you lined up, and then if there's anything else that you'd like to talk about, anything at all, you're more than welcome. Sweet. All right. I'm excited. Let's do it. Um, a little bit of an introduction. We recently had the pleasure of watching a short that you directed called "How to Save a Marriage," in which. Oh, you guys watched it? That's cool. Yeah. Um, so we picked up that it's a married couple attempts at honesty exercise in which both parties exchange habits and traits of the other that bother them. Um, however, as you know, this exercise exposes the uglier side of honesty. And first question, what do you feel is a total deal breaker for you in a relationship? Oh man, that's a really uh, serious question because, um, you know, this might bring up things between um, your and my relationship, actually. So, 
I hope you're ready for this. We are ready. I am ready. Okay. Um, deal breakers. Well, the when I was writing How to Save a Marriage, um, I had I had just been through a breakup, and uh, or or kind of was going like. It, when the idea came to me, it was like a lot of uh, relationship uh, story ideas come to me like when a relationship's really fucked up. Okay. And, oh, can I, sorry, can I say bad words? Yeah, that's fine. Um, and uh, so that, that, you know, that idea sort of popped up uh, when a relationship was sort of on a downturn. And um, uh the uh, the thing about that relationship that I think wasn't working, and one thing I've learned that hasn't worked for me is um, when when two people are, or when when I'm when I'm in something where like fifty percent of the time you're you're disagreeing or you're fighting or you're like um, there's animosity more than fifty percent of the time. I try to like figure out how to measure that, which is pretty hard. But that's, I think, my my the only measure I have for whether a relationship is good or bad. I think that's a pretty logical approach. Obviously, you wouldn't want a relationship to be more negative interaction than positive. Right. Exactly. Trying to somehow put some kind of like scientific method to it that's like un un uh, somewhat immeasurable. Yeah. Do with like immaterial things. Yeah, and it's interesting because everyone has a different way of trying to f- measure how happy they are in a relationship. I don't know right, if yeah. scientific like, is often a way that people start thinking they should, you know, go about that. Yeah, like like sometimes I don't even know that I'm unhappy. Okay. <laughs> you're like in the middle of a relationship and you're like uh oh i'm like this isn't working and i i just yeah i don't know you just like you're like why am i yelling at eric santos oh it's because uh my i have all i'm bringing all this like baggage from my relationship uh into like my friend circles too or whatever i don't know sometimes it's hard to it's hard for me to know how i feel a lot of times i think sure so what do you feel is a total green as in go flag in a relationship? Uh, green, green light. Relationship green light. Yeah. My relationship green light is, um, uh, is someone who can have who isn't afraid to like delve into uh, kind of deep conversations or actually really deep conversations. Okay. I, that's like, I think that might be the biggest thing for me is I, I need to, for someone I spend a lot of time with somebody I spend a lot of time with, I need to be able to um, talk about the universe, life and everything. I think I would say I'm on the same page with you about that one. Yeah. So, I was in 
Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was in this, uh, I had this fling last year. Okay. I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm, do, I'm dating this girl right now, Sarah. So hopefully she won't see, hear this, but <laughs> I had this fling before Sarah and, um, uh, it, it was just like a, you know, one night sort of whatever. And then, uh, later, later on, we sort of just kind of kept, kept in contact while I was working. So it was a long distance, um, I work overseas and, um, we were like texting back and forth. And I, I quickly realized that like every time I was like really excited about some, Thing I heard on a philosophy podcast and I about determinism and so I started talking to her about like deterministic d- viewpoints and like kind of comparing them to to um, you know open universe arguments and stuff and she was like she just straight up was like I don't care about this stuff oh, wow. <laughs> I was like oh alright well I, I just I just realized that I don't like people like you <laughs> Uh, it was oh. a productive uh, relationship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's. I guess it's nice when you have a very clear, um, kind of indicator like that. Um, yeah, they they either have to be able to talk about philosophy or rock climbing, and if they can do both, that's really cool. Okay, but one or the other would be okay. Yeah, I mean, my standards are, you know, they've, they've, the bar's been set pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> well, so to keep asking deep questions and prolong this deep conversation, um, I don't know what love is. What is it to you? Yeah. Uh, I know. I, actually, um, the before I made How to Save a Marriage many years ago, I wrote a, I made a musical called um, A Reason to Sing. And uh, the very last song in that musical is uh, is about this very thing. Okay. Um, like, what, what does it mean to love? Like, what is love? I have no idea. It's a very funny thing. It's hard to articulate, and I think people have been trying to articulate this for thousands of years. Yeah, I think it's one of those um, things that a lot of people, I believe, have felt, but yeah, everyone feels it in a different way. Um, yeah, and then they, they're like, what's this thing that um, makes us, like, fight and fuck? And, uh, and then... They uh, they made a word for it. Well, actually, the Greeks made four words for it, right? And yeah. Then, and then Americans were like, or not Amer- the whatever English speakers were like, did you see? Did you hear? I almost appropriated the whole English language for the United States of America. That was, that was awesome. That was interesting. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. In English, we're like, ah, we just turned this four things into one. And, that, and that's and we call it love, which is makes things really difficult. So I I pulled up the the four Greek words for love, and we've got um, storge, which is empathy, yep. um, mm-hmm. 
Philia? It's like friendship. Friendships. Storge is like friendship, right? So that's that's Philia. Uh, is like the bond oh, okay. between friends. Uh, Storge is um, like feeling empathy towards other individuals. Um, I might need to spend some time trying to figure out how to elaborate on that. Eros is romantic love um, that you might feel with a partner. Um, and then agape, unconditional god love. Assuming kind of yeah, or like a mother, like a mother loving her child is also. I think I hear people say that a lot. Okay, I definitely see the connection there. Um, um yeah. What's like? I love pizza. Ooh. Because I really love pizza. Do the Greeks have a word for loving pizza? I think that would be a romantic love. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely a romantic love. Yeah, like you you guys you guys uh yeah, I mean like while you're eating pizza, you have rom romantic thoughts, right? Exactly. That's what happens to me? I mean, I'm basically, I'm I'm full masked when uh, while I'm eating pizza. We we had some sourdough crust pizza for dinner last night, and hands down, one of the most amazing pizzas I've ever had. And but one of the most erotic pizzas you've ever had. It was just, it was, it, uh, it, yeah. Maybe we shouldn't get into it right now, but it was amazing pizza. Um, and so we're, we're kind of talking about these these different aspects of love, um, different ways to kind of categorize it. But what does it mean um, in the context in and out of a relationship to you? Like loving people, loving things, and so on. What does love mean in and out of a relationship? Yeah, or I guess in this in this case, what does it mean outside of a relationship? Um, what does love mean outside of a relationship? Like when you break up with somebody, or when, or like before you meet somebody? Um, I would say like. W um, as it applies to things that aren't a romantic relationship. Oh, I see. Um, I think that people have a certain connection to um, to each other, like outside of like if I've never met somebody, I, I like I. I think that we tend to have some kind of connection to people around us if we're in a certain space near people. Like, for example, a concert, right? Yeah. People describe a feeling of connectedness with people around them, even though they've never met them. And you'll see people who don't know each other, like, dancing together and stuff. Uh, I think it's, like, sort of a celebration of that connection. Okay. Um, so I think that... I think there is a connectedness that is hard to measure um, with science that that maybe people who practice meditation or experiment with drugs have like more of a um, more of an understanding of and it's actually 
uh, to be quite honest, I don't do either of those things, but uh, I'm interested in people who do, and I, I've sort of been reading a decent amount about that stuff. Okay. Um, and I, I just hear, and, and even just talking to my friends who do experiments, that kind of thing, and it seems like they're, they've experienced that connection on in, in a more um, tangible way um, while experiencing... Uh, an altered state. Okay. Um, so I, I think there is, like, outside of relationships, there is some kind of connectedness that that exists. Um, and, and actually, the pandemic is a good way, I think, to measure that a little bit, somewhat scientifically, because I think there's so many people, there's people like me who I consider myself pretty introverted. And um, uh, now that I've been, like, stuck away from my friends and family I'm realizing like whoa I'm much more extroverted than I thought I was uh, and I need people and I don't even just need friends and family I need to like go to a restaurant or a bar and be around people I don't know and not even talk to them just be in the same room with like different people's energies or whatever you okay. want to call it um, just to feel the whatever it is that exists that I think exists that you feel like you I don't know I and I've, I've been seeing a lot of things like on Instagram and stuff about people like I miss this and they like draw a picture of just sitting around with like a, a packed restaurant or bar or something hmm. I think I think people sort of feel they like I don't know I think people need to feel each other's energy like that or like feed off of an excitement um, and then there's in an inanimate love, like you, like I love nature. I think there's some kind of, I don't know if it's just like a, there's a, maybe it's just like a purity. I think that's completely different, but there's like a purity to nature or, or, uh, um, kind of like semblance of justice which is kind of funny to okay. think about but it's like there's no like nature doesn't care or doesn't seem to care about uh reason or or any kind of conscious thought and um so you just go into it and have to appreciate it for exactly what it is and um and uh i don't know i i have I have like a, a intense appreciation for that that I would describe as love, um, but I'm not really sure how how that. Sure. I don't, I don't know. That'd be something. That I think it's a longer than twenty minute conversation. <laughs> well, what does love look like? Well, there's this uh, there's this really good website. Uh, it's uh, Uh It explains the whole thing. Okay. It's <clears throat> really it's a visual, a very visual website. Gotcha. Um, we'll go ahead and drop a link down um, so that people can check that one out after the episode. Perfect. Yeah. So from our personal interaction, I'm. I'm pretty hyper aware that you're a very honest person um however is there a time when you wouldn't want to be honest with someone that's a fair question so i think that's what the short's about 
Okay. Um, going back to that relationship, um, we were me and this um, me and the girl I was dating were um, we're just we were fighting a lot, and um, one of the things she told me was that I'm too honest, hmm. um, which I think is valid. Uh, I didn't think it was valid back then because I, I value honesty in a relationship maybe more than anything else. But there is an aspect of choosing your battles in a relationship that I think is really important. And so you can justify um, you can justify a fight or or hurting your significant other by saying oh, I'm just being honest. But really, what's happening is you're either like upset or annoyed about something and you're trying to make yourself feel better or justify feeling you have by externalizing it. Okay. And really all that's doing is all that's doing is hurting the other person it's, uh, and, and maybe trying to make yourself feel better or like trying to um, uh, you, there, you know, there, there could be a million things. You could be projecting. You could be uh, mirroring uh, all kinds of all this, like the stuff that they talk about in psychology with relationships. But um, yeah, so some, so I think in the short, it's sort of like the point is is that you can get your you can let yourself get carried away and like point out, be honest about these things that. that um, are actually not that big a deal. I mean, all the things in the short are like, it's like she, her poop stinks, you know, or like she, he chews with his mouth open or um, like m- many superficial, a lot of superficial things. Um, and uh, really, and they're blown out of proportion. Um, where really like those superficial, those superficial things aren't, what makes a person uh, fall in love or fall out of love. Yeah. Um, They're just things. And the things that we fall in love with, the parts of a person we fall in love with, if you, if you have that, then you can't let the superficial things like get in between whatever that connection is. Otherwise, you're losing something that is like very precious, and maybe some, some might argue in short supply. Yeah, could would you also say that maybe it's not being too honest that that could be a potential um, clashing point in a relationship, but but um, criticism in an unproductive manner. I I know you yeah. talked a lot about like you know. Um, like the the mirroring and you know potentially lashing out because of like internal feelings, but um, yeah, I have this feeling like people use the term honesty to to actually when they're saying something else. Totally. When they're upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, right? Yeah, it's like it, it's like the the subtext or whatever is happening. And that's actually a good, that's a really good point because because that goes into like listening in a relationship. And like the best listeners 
are listening to the why behind whatever this person is saying. So, like, whatever, if I'm saying, like, um, hey, man, I think your, uh, I think your, your haircut, it's been bothering me. It's like, you know, it's just greasy and, and and you need to shower more and you kind of smell funny. What really, I might be talking about something completely different that has to do with like um you know we don't spend enough time together and and whenever i do come over you're you're you haven't showered i don't know whatever whatever it is right sure there's like this good listener that would be like okay there's something else besides what they're saying and i need to not get upset about this thing that they're they're like it feels like a personal attack because the reason the fact is is that they're Sad about something, yeah. Or that that there's something in between. There's something in the way between us getting closer, and they're not trying to hurt me because, like, there's probably no malin. There's no the intent behind it is probably not um, malicious. Yeah. Because like they love me. But maybe it might feel like that for a few minutes before we get to the bottom of actually what what they might be trying to say. Yeah, I think whether you're, it's a romantic or non-romantic relationship. I don't think people are ever looking to hurt other people. Totally. We just I agree. sometimes suck at you know expressing our emotions. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm very, very bad at it. <laughs> and and I, that's where it came, right? That's where the idea came from. It's like I was saying things that were that were like felt like personal attacks to, in my last last relationship, and she's like, "You can't do that. That's not helping." Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "What do you mean?" Um, and so I can't, you know, the idea of like, there's all these like honesty exercises on online for relationships are supposed to help relationships and they're probably the worst possible thing you could do for a relationship because it just it opens up the door for people to be to 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 miscommunicate okay do you would you then say that um it is your suggestion to not turn to the internet for relationship advice um I don't know. It depends on how much you want to be inspired to to write about your relationship. Okay. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Sometimes you're in a relationship not to be in a relationship because you're, you're actually just looking for material for your art. Interesting. Yeah. Enter morning synth. <laughs> so... Um, we also heard about um, the Taco Tuesday initiative, and we're, we wanted to know more about that. Oh, yeah. Um, so me and my girlfriend were high, and we, uh, we were like, it's funny that, um, that like, uh, COVID's kind of, um, like, uh, there's, like, a lot of good things about COVID, so we were just kind of joking about, like, you know, you can see the mountains and like there's 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 a I live in Koreatown, which is like in the heart of LA, yeah. and uh, I can see Baldy from here during wow. like 
yeah, like two months ago, I could see Baldy, which is, I mean, that's what, 50 miles away or something, or like 30, 40 miles away? Yeah, that's um, just about, yeah. I've never seen Baldy from here before. It was incredible. From the heart and, of Los Angeles. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so we were, anyways, we were joking around about it, and, um, and I was like, yeah, but probably what would happen is people would, would like, turn it into a negative, because everyone's being so negative about everything right now, because they're, like, you know, stuck inside and can't see their friends. Yeah. Um, so then, anyways, that became the formula of, like, people, like, um, uh, uh, God, there's no pollution. I can see the mountains. I moved to LA so I didn't have to see this guy again. <laughs> like stuff like that. And uh, um, so, anyways, we we were high. We wrote like ten little bits, and then um, as we were sort of, we we woke up in the morning. We're like, is this still? Have you ever done that where you like you're really high and you're excited about something? You wake up in the morning and you look at what you wrote and you're like, oh, this doesn't this isn't funny or this doesn't make any sense um but we read them to each other and we we're like yeah i think they might still be funny um and uh i reached out to some friends and one of those friends was this guy jimmy who does um he actually did audio on how to save a marriage and he works on uh, naked and afraid with me okay. and um he he was like oh uh, check out this uh, this philanthropy i'm working with and which was the taco tuesday initiative and i was like that's fucking cool man i've been wanting to do something a little bit less selfish okay and then that's kind of how the two ideas they were just like the two ideas were just like in the same place at the same time and i was like oh we can i can connect these somehow so the jokes have nothing to do with Taco Tuesday, but hopefully, I think that I think it helped a little. Like I think, I think we that video um, might have helped with like a thousand dollars of what they raised. Okay. Like totally worthwhile, I think. That's like a thousand dollars in tacos, like a thousand tacos. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's a um, that's a huge impact. Yeah, and they're 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 awesome. Uh, they're they're delivering tacos every Tuesday to um, healthcare. Well, it started with healthcare workers, and they've they've expanded to police and fire um, uh, around LA. And uh, they just show up to these places with a bunch of tacos. And they just give them out to these essential workers um, who are working insane hours. Like my my mom, it, she actually works for um, infection control wow. at yeah. um, Methodist Hospital in in Arcadia, and she, especially the first month of this thing, was working insane hours. Like, I mean. I don't know. Some people might work longer hours, but normally, but she was working 12 hours a day, six to seven days a week. And, uh, she looked pretty worn down. And, and of course it wasn't like a relaxing 12 hours. It was, it was like doctors and nurses freaking out the entire day and her trying to like manage this chaos of, of fear basically. Yeah. Um, and so I think the whole idea behind Taco Tuesday initiative is that they're they're trying to sort of ease that 
um, ease that. Uh, yeah, you give you give someone a, a nice meal, they might not like freak out so much. <laughs> they might have like a little bit nicer of a day. That's like the whole idea behind it. Yeah, and just show some appreciation for those folks that might not really be getting recognized for the important stuff that they're currently doing. Totally. Absolutely. So, although this project has been going on for some time, is there a way that our our listeners can help? Yes. Um, There is... Well, there's a GoFundMe page. Okay. And the URL is super long. Uh, I think it's, uh, I think I made a tiny URL, tiny URL. Um, sorry, I'm just going to look it up really quick to, sure. to make sure that I don't F it up. Unless you have it somewhere. Um, we can definitely I supply it. I think it's tinyurl.com slash taco Tuesday LA. Okay. Eric is nodding uh, like he has the like he has the the link. Okay. Is that it? I think so. Let's tr- give it a shot. Taco Tuesday. LA. Correct. That is the one. Sweet. Uh, so you can go on there, you can donate. Uh, you can sh- feel free to share the video. It's on Facebook. It's also on YouTube on the Not a Serious Human channel, um, and uh, it's on Vimeo and a bunch of other. But, but yeah, feel free to share the video as much as you want. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's the donate. Buy some tacos for some healthcare workers, essential workers, all the people that are keeping the 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 world spinning around. Awesome. We're going to have that link available in, in our description. And we wanted to say thank you for being down to have a conversation today. And we really appreciate everything you had to say. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, thank you for having me. Uh, I have one plug really quick. Do it. Uh, if you want to see how to save a marriage, it's going to be on a... Uh, there's a festival called Film Invasion LA, and they're doing a digital screening of all their. They usually do, you know, normal film festival stuff, but they're doing a digital screening of all their films. And our film is screening June 8th at 6 p.m. Awesome. What was the name of the festival again? Film Invasion LA. All right. Well, we'll definitely make that um, available for folks as well. I'd love to be able to tune into that. All right. Well, thank you so much, Eric. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day. And thanks again for being on Morning Synth. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful morning. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Bye.
Hello there. Big wooden structure in my backyard. I would like to climb on you. You want me to do what? You want me to do that. I think I will do just that. I grab my shoes. I put my hands and feet on the structure. I have memories of the real thing, but it's still hazy. I can't quite make out how I used to feel. There it is. My hand slips. I fall to the earth, and I feel the blunt caress of the ground beneath me. I feel a noticeably sharp, but not entirely unpleasant pain. I see a drop of blood form and start to move across the back of my hand. A rosy streak forms across my skin. I'm bleeding. Suddenly, I remember being afraid. I remember the buzz of flies in my ears as the sun beat down my neck. I remember the sweat pulling heat away from my body as the wind ripped through my sleeping bag. I remember the feelings of accomplishment and growth. I remember despair. I remember the view, the clouds pulling over the mountains, the feeling of being very small, the sun falling to the horizon. I remember smiling. It wasn't always coming through my mouth, but I was always smiling with my eyes. I look back down at my hand, and I thank the wood for helping me remember. Scientists have recently discovered that cars need wheels to work properly. Although cars have been widely produced for consumer use since the Model T was released in 1908, scientists have finally realized that cars definitely need wheels.
Stating that cars without wheels are a public safety hazard. Groups of scientists are pushing for government control of cars, requiring that all cars have wheels. Car manufacturers have responded to these requests by stating that cars don't need wheels to work and governmental intervention in their factories would cause the loss of jobs. Additionally, claiming that forcing all cars to have wheels is cutting into our bottom line. Some politically charged individuals are taking the wheels off of their cars and are continuing to drive and try to drive on state and interstate freeways and highways, claiming that they like their cars better this way and warning the government not to tread on their rights to drive cars without wheel requirements. We will relay more information as the story unfolds, but for now, it is important to listen for any PSAs brought to you by any sort of podcast radio system. daily etymology brought to you by edimonline.com peace from the mid 12th century pes freedom from civil disorder internal peace of a nation Old French Pice, Peace, Reconciliation, Silence, Permission, from Latin Passem, Nominative Pax, Compact, Agreement, Treaty of Peace, Tranquility, Absence of War. From the Proto-Indo-European root, hag, to fasten, 
which is the source also of Latin pasisi, to covenant or agree, which leads to the word pact, and the notion of a binding together by treaty or agreement. It replaced the Old English frio, also sib, which also meant happiness. The modern spelling is from the 1500s, reflecting a vowel shift from, mid, from the mid-13th century as friendly relations between people. The sense of spiritual peace of the heart, soul, or conscience, freedom from disturbance by the passions, as in peace of mind, is from the 1200s. The sense of state of quiet or tranquility is by 1300. As in the meaning absence or cessation of war or hostility. Specifically as treaty or agreement made between conflicting parties to refrain, refrain from further, further hostilities. Used in various greetings from the 1300s, from Biblical Latin Pax, Greek Aranea, which were used by translators to render Hebrew Shalom properly, safety, welfare, prosperity, and as a type of hybrid tea rose developed in 1939 in France by Francois Mellon, so-called from 1944. The Native American peace pipe supposedly smoked as the accompaniment of a treaty was recorded as early as 1760. Peace officer, a civil officer whose duty it is to preserve public peace, is attested from 1714. And peace offering, an offering that procures peace or reconciliation or satisfaction offered to an offended person is from the 1530s. Phrase peace with honor dates to 1607. Um, 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 the U.S. Peace Corps was set up in March 1st, 1962. A peace sign in reference to both the hand gesture and the graphic is attested from 1968. And hopefully that gives you some peace of mind.
this morning. You've been drinking coffee for your ears and snacking on some food for thought. Yes. Mm-hmm.